You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Romans chapter 13, we'll begin reading in verse number 11. If you're able, if you could please stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God. Romans chapter 13. In verse number 11, the Bible says, In that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Let's pray. Our Father, we love you. Thank you for this day. I thank you for our country. I thank you for the time this morning that uh, we could uh, just spend a a moment or two and uh, reflect on 9-11. And I thank you for those men and women, those first responders who gave their lives on that day to try to help lives and save lives. I thank you for our military and those who have fought to defend our freedom. I thank you for those who, even as we speak, they are overseas, away from family, away from friends, away from their comfort zone, because they believe in a cause that is bigger than themselves, and they're willing to fight and to give their lives for others. Lord, I thank you for the time we've been able to sing your praises. I thank you for the word of God that we have before us today. I thank you for all of the faithfulness today of our workers. I think of those who got on buses today, those who uh, taught Sunday school classes, those in the nurseries, those in our sound and uh, video and radio ministries. I think of every usher and greeter. I think of uh, every person who's had a part today and those who've prayed for this service, those who are watching online, those who are listening, and those who are gathered here together uh, with us in the auditorium. I pray you'd speak to our hearts, and I pray that we would be open and receptive to what you have for us from your word. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Romans 13, it says in verse number 11, it says, and that knowing the time. That's an interesting phrase, interesting terminology. Uh, We today, if you were to ask at a given moment, if you were to ask what time is it, uh, you'd have a lot of different ways to answer that question. There's a lot of different ways to tell the time. Uh, How many of you here, uh, how many of you wear a watch? Let me see your hands, all right? We got people that wear watches, and so you can look at the watch, and you can tell me right now what time it is, and uh, my, my watch and that clock are about the same. Doesn't mean I'm going to get done early, but it, I can see what time it is. Uh, how many of you don't even wear a watch? You just got a cell phone that you just pull out and you're good with that. All right, good. Um, I remember uh, when I was growing up, of course, you had watches, but I remember you'd have a lot more clocks on the wall. Uh, my mom uh, had a, a cuckoo clock that Somehow, at some point, I think my dad probably got it for her, and she loved that clock. And uh, that clock, how many of you ever had, or maybe you still have a cuckoo clock? You know what that is? All right, good. Some of you know what that is. 
uh, the young people, you have no idea. And let me tell you, you are missing out on an experience. A cuckoo clock, and by the way, we have one in our home, uh, but a cuckoo clock on the hour, it would come out and this little bird would come out and it would cuckoo uh, one time for every hour that it was. So all you had to do was count the times it made the noise and you knew what time it was. Well, I remember having that in our home, you get used to it. You don't even realize that anybody else, you have one or you had one and you know what I'm talking about. It's like, you don't even hear it until somebody comes over and that thing starts making noise and they jump. And what was that? You know, and you forget you even have it. You just get used to it. But, but maybe uh, you got a clock on the wall or maybe you got a, a clock at work. Boy, you're watching that clock saying, I know what time it is. It's almost time to go home. Hallelujah. I was telling Brother uh, Tim right before the service, he was asking me, I was preaching, and I told him. And he said, oh, I don't have a watch. He said, that's okay. He said, I just turned my head to look at the clock on the wall. Yeah, so I do a lot of members. Thanks, brother. I appreciate that. But, but we have to, and we're, we're, we're accustomed to knowing the time, knowing what time it is. This verse says that we should know the time. And when we know the time, there are some things that we will do about it. It says that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. I want you to jot down a few words, if you would. Number one, I'd like for you to jot down the word awareness. There must be an awareness. We must know what time it is. And I'm not talking about the physical time. I'm talking about the spiritual time. We need to be able to look around in our country and realize it is time for God's people to stand up and to speak out and to do something because we are in a mess. It's time to do something. There must be an awareness. You can look at a clock to know what time it is. You can also watch the people around you. If you've ever Maybe at work, you start seeing people that are kind of starting to wrap things up or starting to make their way to the clock or uh, punch out or punch in or whatever. You can usually tell just by the attitude and the actions and, and what's going on around you. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles 12, it's very interesting, the children of Issachar, it says they were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. They had an understanding, they had a keen awareness that there were some things going on and they said, hey, as a nation, we better wake up because we have got to do something about what's going on around us. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 16. He said, oh, ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but ye cannot discern the signs of the times. Jesus said, you've studied the weather patterns. You can tell by the, the color of the sky if it's going to rain or if it's going to be calm. You can tell if there's a storm coming in or you can tell if there's a, a cold front coming in. You can tell all those things about the weather. But you don't even have a clue about what is going on spiritually. Can I tell you, we need to have an awareness we need to realize what time it is spiritually. You see, our world is getting worse and worse. And you would think that Christians would be standing stronger than ever. You would think that as things are getting worse, that as God's people, we would stand up for what's right. You would think that we would be aware of the fact 
that if we don't stand up for a right, nobody else is going to do it. You would think that we would realize that because the time is so crucial, we must do something. But it seems, and this is, this is my perception, it seems like Christians are becoming more casual. It seems like Christians are becoming more complacent. It seems as if we have thrown in the towel. It seems as if we have just given up hope. Can I tell you, you got to know what time it is, not only for our country, but you got to know what time it is for your family. You've got to know what time it is for your life, and you need to know what time it is for our church. I want to tell you, it's time that we realize that we are in a battle. Would you notice with me, verse number 12, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. You don't have to put on armor unless you're in a battle, right? And as Christians, we're in a battle. Newsflash, if you did not know that, you and I are in a battle. I was at the uh, 9-11 uh, memorial yesterday and uh, I'm telling you what, I was so, so blessed yesterday to get to see uh, so many of our law enforcement officers, see so many of our firefighters and first responders. It was incredible. There was a, a man and his wife that were at that event and they spoke about the day of 9-11. They were in, they were working in the Pentagon on that day. And they were telling some of their accounts. It was an amazing thing. It was miraculous, really, how God protected them. Uh, the, the man that spoke, his office was right where that plane crashed. And had he been in his office, instead his wife had called him and he had gone to meet his wife in another part of the building and, and God spared his life that day. But he was talking and he was giving his account. And it was amazing to me while he was speaking, he said, you know, he said on that day, 9-11, he said, we had an enemy. And when he said that, I thought, well, of course we do. That's obvious. But when he said it, I realized you don't hear people say that anymore because it's not politically correct. And he went on to say, he said, that day, the enemy that attacked us on 9-11, it was Islamic terrorists that attacked our nation. And again, as he's saying that, I'm thinking, yeah, of course, everybody knows that. But in my mind, I'm just thinking about what's happened over these last maybe 10, 15 years. Boy, you don't have people that are willing to say that much anymore. Everybody's so worried about hurting people's feelings and uh, we're, we're, we're supposed to, uh, we're supposed to uh, make sure that we don't offend anybody. Well, I got news for you. I was offended on 9-11. I was offended that people would think that they could attack our nation. And you say, oh, well, why do you think they attacked our nation? I'll tell you exactly why. Because of who our nation represents. Because our nation is a Christian nation. You ever wonder why the uh, Islamic terrorists, you ever wonder why they target the United States of America? You wonder why on August 26, just a couple weeks ago, they sent in suicide bombers and they killed 13 of our military there in Afghanistan. You want to know why? It's because they hate the God of America. They hate the God and the Bible and the truth upon which our nation has stood for over 200 years. You see, on 9-11, 
we had an enemy, and 20 years later, guess what? We still have an enemy. But I want to tell you, that's on a national level. That's in the physical realm. But I want to tell you, 20 years later, we have a spiritual enemy, and our spiritual enemy is the same. Our spiritual enemy is the devil himself. He hates you. He hates this book. He hates our God. He hates what we stand for. And the devil would love nothing more than to destroy your life. He'd love nothing more than to destroy your marriage and destroy your family and destroy your testimony. He would love nothing more than to see this church close the doors or to see this church throw out the Bible and just become a social club. Can I tell you, we have an enemy and we must be aware of the fact that we are in a battle. Ephesians 6 reminds us, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I got news for you. I love our country and I'm thankful for our nation. I'm thankful for our soldiers who have fought and who have defended our freedom. And I say, God bless America. But I want to remind you of this. We've got another enemy and that enemy is not going away. And that old devil is out to destroy and to devour whoever he can. And he is on the attack. And meanwhile, as Christians, we're still sleeping. As Christians, we're relaxed. As Christians, we think as long as I've got a roof over my head, as long as I've got food on my table, as long as I've got some money in the bank account, I'm okay. Well, guess what? We're in a battle. And in, when you're in a battle, you don't get comfortable. You don't get uh, casual. You must be aware of the situation. Number one, there's an awareness. Number two, there must be an awaking. There must be an awaking. It says in verse number 11 that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. The alarm goes off on Sunday mornings. And I don't know what time you get up, but the alarm goes off on Sunday mornings and, and, and you wake up, your eyes are open, you see the clock and you see what time it is, you become aware. And then you go back to bed. Awareness doesn't do you a whole lot of good if you don't wake up, right? If you don't, if you don't respond to the information, if you don't respond to what the clock says. And I'm afraid as Christians, we're not awake. As Christians, we've gone back to sleep. As Christians, we've pushed that snooze button. But notice what it says in verse number 11, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. You see, if you're here today or you're listening today uh, online or you're listening on the radio and you are not even saved, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior, now is the time to get saved. You don't know you're going to have next Sunday. You don't know you're going to have tomorrow. You don't know that you're going to have this afternoon. But now is the time to get saved. But you know what the devil does? He says, you can put it off. You can take care of it some other time. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's okay to get saved. Just don't get saved today. Can I tell you, now is the time to get saved. Now is the time to surrender. You're here today and you've been saved but you've never surrendered your life to God. I would tell you, now is the time to surrender. Now is the time to say, Lord, my life belongs to you and whatever you want me to do, I will do it. Now is the time to get serious. I think about 9-11 and I think about the, the stories of those firefighters that were going up the steps of the World uh, Trade Towers 
And I think about the conversations that they had on their radios and they, they talked about the fact that they were going up and, and, and they were told, they said, you're not going to come back. You're not going to survive. But that didn't stop them. They just kept going. And if somebody can be that serious about saving physical lives, and I thank the Lord for those people, but don't you think some of us could get serious about saving somebody's soul? Don't you think we could get serious about sending some missionaries or running a bus route or teaching a class or, or getting up in the morning and praying or opening our Bible and getting serious about the things of God? I want to tell you, it's time to get serious. Now is the time to awake. Now is the time to get busy. The Bible says it is high time. The word high time it literally has the idea it's the last minute. I don't like to talk about food in church. Um, Brother Nathan doesn't mind talking about it. And Brother Dan doesn't mind criticizing Brother Nathan when he does it. But I'll use, a, I'll use an example I used in the early service. And I didn't have too many takers on this. But does anybody come to church in the mornings? And is there anybody that comes to church in the mornings? And as soon as you wake up, as soon as you get ready for church, you have a craving for a milkshake. Does anybody ever have those, those cravings for milkshakes? Jake? Okay. Cookout, I just checked. They open at 1030. So you can't go sooner, but 1030 in the morning, you can start your milkshake uh, you know, uh, runs. But does anybody know what time cookout closes? Who said that? Who said 3 a.m.? KK? I said, no, no, you're right. I said that in the early service and people looked at me like I was crazy. People don't know these important times in our town. <laughs> Cookout closes at 3 a.m. Of course, I, I, that's, that's what that used to close at. I just checked between services, their website, uh, you know, whatever. It still says 3 a.m. Now, maybe they've changed it a little bit lately. But I remember there was one time I was coming back to town super late one night. And I was like, oh, my goodness, what is going on? They had a drive through like around the corner at cookout at like two in the morning. I said, there's no way. And sure enough, I looked it up, 3 a.m. So 2.50 a.m. If you wake up tonight, tomorrow morning, you wake up at 2.50 a.m. and you think, I got to have a milkshake. Guess what? You don't have much time. You better get in that car and you better get to cookout in a hurry because they close at three. I asked this in the early service. I said, how many of you, how many of you do that? How many of you like eat ice cream in the middle of the night if you can't sleep? I'm just curious. We got one, two. Jake, your hands up again. Do you eat anything other than milkshakes? All right, but Tony, was that your hand there? Bobby, you, middle of the night, ice cream. Who else? Anybody, ice cream, middle of the night? Nathan, all right, good. Paul, middle of the night, ice cream, Joe. Yeah, might as well be the whole family, right? I asked in the early service, and there were two hands. Langston Duncan raised her hand. <laughs> and uh, her, uh, her parents said it must be when they're at the grandparents' house because they don't do it at home. And then uh, Collins' pair was over here. I said, Collins, I said, who lets you eat ice cream at 2 in the morning, your mom or your dad? She said, neither. I just sneak down and get it, you know? So anyway... <laughs> Confession is good for the soul. But if you wake up at 2.50 in the morning and you're craving a milkshake, you got 10 minutes to get to cookout before they close. You would say that time's running out, right? 
Well, I got news for you. Our time on this earth, our time in this life is so short. And even if you have five years, or even if you have 10 years, or even if we have 20 years, the Bible says our life is like a vapor. It appeareth for a little time and then it vanisheth away. The Bible says it is high time to awake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. You think about the day you got saved. Well, guess what? If you got saved five years ago or, or 20 years ago or 30 years ago, you are that much closer to eternity than you were the day you got saved. Our salvation is nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent. That means that the night is almost gone and the day is almost here. It's time to wake up. Number one, there's an awareness. Number two, there's an awaking. Number three, there's an action. The Bible says, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Notice the order there. If you're going to put something on, you might first have to take something off. I've only got one jacket here, but if I, if this jacket were the, the works of darkness, I'd have to take this jacket off. I'd have to cast that off. I'd have to remove that before I could then put on the armor of light. Can I tell you, you can't serve two masters. You can't live for God and live for the devil. Uh, you, can't, you can't have the best of both worlds. You're going to have to make a decision. I'm going to cast off one and I'm going to put on the other. That is an action, number three. We must cast off the works of darkness. It says we must put on the armor of light. Verse three, it says, let us walk honestly as in the day. That's an action. Did you know there was a time, I, I, I believe, I know obviously we live in a sin-cursed world, but there was a time in the United States of America uh, from past generations, from what I've heard and what I've read, there was a time when the majority of people they weren't perfect, obviously, but at least people would tell the truth. That day's about gone. And it doesn't surprise me that unsaved people lie, that they're just being like their, their father, the devil, who's the father of all lies. But Christian people who are children of God, Christian people who have the Holy Spirit living inside, who can't even tell the truth, I got news for you. It's time to get back to honesty. It's time to get back to, to, to quitting all the lies and all the cheating and all the, of the deceiving. It's time to get back to the truth. That's an action to say, I'm going to walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness. That's just literally living it up, having a party. Uh, you only live once. That's that mentality. Rioting and drunkenness, chambering and wantonness. Those words are literally speaking of immorality and, and loose living and, and, and godless behavior. I tell you, it's time to get rid of that and it's time to get back to God, not in strife and envying. See, Pastor, I'm not out partying, I'm not out drinking, and I'm not doing drugs, and I'm not living wicked, and I'm not living immoral, and I'm not doing all those things, and I'm not cheating on my spouse, and I'm not doing that stuff. Well, good, I hope you're not. A Christian ought not do those things. But what about this? What about strife? What about envy? And I tell you, we live in a society where everybody's always wanting what everybody else has. Well, I wish I had what so-and-so had, or I wish I had this, or I wish I would get this, or I wish I got that promotion, or, and we envy and we have strife. Can I tell you where all that comes from? It comes from pride. 
But it's time to walk honestly. It's time to get right with God. It's time to, to cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. You know the story. I won't give you the details today, but you know the story of 9-11 on Flight 93. When those passengers, they realized that those terrorists, they were not going to land that plane safely. They were going to crash that plane into a building. Those passengers, they decided they were going to do something about it. They said, we're not just going to uh, cower down. We're not just going to give up. We're not just going to uh, cry and say, woe is me. They said, we're going to do something. Even though it's going to cost us our lives, at least we can save somebody else's life. And that operator on the phone with Todd Beamer, that passenger on Flight 93, you remember it, you've heard it before. I've got a book in my office with this title. It was written by his wife. But Todd Beamer said those famous words before they went to attack those terrorists and bring down that plane. But he said those words, let's roll. You know what he was saying? We can't sit around anymore. We can't just talk about it. We can't just think about it. We've got to do something. And I want to tell you, in our churches, it's time to do something. In our lives, it's time to do something. Maybe you just need to get back to reading the Bible again. That'd be a good place to start. Maybe you need to get back to your prayer closet and say, hey, I used to pray and I used to spend time with God and I used to have a prayer list and I used to have requests and I used to spend that time, but I don't do it anymore. I'm going to act upon what God has done. I'm going to do something for the cause of Christ. Maybe you need to get back to serving God. Maybe you need to get back to being a witness. Maybe it's been a long time since you even told anybody about Jesus. Maybe it's been a long time since you ever shared the gospel with somebody. So well, I don't know what they're going to think. Well, I don't know what they're going to think either, but I know this, whether they realize it or not, they need the Lord. And if somebody rejects the gospel, that's a good indication that they are the ones that need it. You never know how God might soften their heart or God might work in their heart just because of your boldness and your willingness to be obedient to God. There must be action, number three. Number four, there must be an attire. We've already talked about casting off the works of darkness and putting on the armor of light, but I love verse 14. You've got to see this. Verse 14 says, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. You know what I love about that verse? Is when you put on Jesus, there is no fake in it, there is no a facade. There is no fooling anybody. When you put on Jesus, people are going to know it. You might put on a name tag. You might put on a uniform at work. And you might just be going through the motions. But when you put on Jesus Christ, let me tell you, it's going to make a difference in your life. It's going to change the way you live. It's going to change your schedule. It's going to change your plans. It's going to change uh, all that you have, uh, your goals and ambitions. It's going to change everything when you put on Jesus. He's living inside of you. Why don't you let him be seen on the outside? Why don't you let the world know that Jesus is not just something you put on on Sunday, but he's something that you put on. He's someone that you put on every day of the week. This was long before 9-11. I don't, I, we, don't, we don't do this anymore. But when I was a, a, a teenager, I was in high school, our, our youth group, we used to go to shopping malls and uh, we used to have scavenger hunts. And you can still have scavenger hunts, but hear me out on this. Our youth pastor for this particular scavenger hunt, it's probably about 1994, I'm guessing. 
I was a ninth or 10th grade, I think, that year. But our youth pastor had a scavenger hunt at a huge mall in Rockford, Illinois. It was near Christmas time. It was just jam-packed. It was two-story mall, shoulder to shoulder. And that was before uh, Amazon and delivery and all that. So if you wanted something, you had to go to the mall. And we went there. And, and before the activity, though, our youth pastor, Brother Swanson, he called me and a couple of the youth workers. And he said, hey, I got this idea. He said, I want you to, I want you to go to that mall early. And I want you to have a disguise. And let's see if the teenagers can find you in that shopping mall while you are disguised. Well, and, and we've done stuff like that here with Waldo. Where, where's Waldo? Brother Gary and Miss Angie and all that. But we weren't Waldo. It was not an obvious costume. One of our youth workers, he put on a wig. He looked like a hippie. He put on a wig. He had an old T-shirt, old ratty jeans, and he was on crutches. He was going through the mall with crutches on, and, and uh, it was hilarious. Then one of our lady workers, um, who was not expecting a baby was disguised like she was expecting a baby. She said it was the funniest thing. She sat in that food court and everybody, oh, how far along are you? Is it a boy or a girl? What you gonna, I mean, it was hilarious. She said, I felt like I was lying to everybody, you know, cause I've got this disguise. And so I'm a teenager and I, I honestly, I don't remember who made this decision and, and how it came about, but somehow we thought this would be a good idea. It was a terrible idea. But as a teenager, I dressed up like an old man. I had hair back then, and so we sprayed my hair with like this gray hairspray. Um, I had these old clothes. I had an old cardigan sweater, you know, Mr. Rogers kind of a sweater. I had these old shoes. And then to top it all off, I was in a wheelchair. Now, again, you want to talk about goofy just crazy. That's the way it was. I mean, it was, I've got pictures somewhere. I need to find those. It was, it was really odd. And so I don't know how to run a wheelchair and I've got nobody pushing me. So I'm trying to like wheel through the mall. I'm running into people and running into displays and all that. And, and it was the most awkward and uncomfortable feeling I think I've ever had in my life. I felt like everybody was looking at me like, you got problems. <laughs> and people still do that, but it's not because of, you know, disguise. It's just because of other things. But but I felt like everybody was looking and I just, I felt so uncomfortable. I felt so awkward. And you know, the reason is because I was trying to pretend to be somebody that I really wasn't. And maybe today, maybe that's a little bit how you feel because you say, yep, see, somebody's got their watch, their timer. <laughs> it's set for noon. It's lunchtime. It's milkshake time, brother Jake, right? Let's go get one. But at least, at least we know what time it was. Was that you, Nathan? I just, I saw your reaction, but at least you turned it off. Some people let their alarm go off and they act like it's not theirs and 20 minutes later. But maybe that's you today. And maybe you feel that way. Can I tell you the way to not have to feel awkward and to feel odd is just to get all in for Jesus. Just to put on Jesus every day. You say, well, why do you say every day? because you have to put them on every day. Because look at verse number 14, it says, put on the Lord Jesus and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. That's number, uh, number five, the arrangement. The arrangement is you can't have a plan B. You can't say, well, I'm gonna put on Jesus, but then if it doesn't work out, then I'll just do my own thing. Well, if you've got a backup plan, that's probably what you're gonna do. 
Can I tell you, when you decide to serve Jesus and you decide to say yes to Jesus, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I want to encourage you today to put on Jesus. Would you just determine today, say, hey, I'm not just going to be a Christian on Sunday. I'm not just going to talk like a Christian when I'm at church, but I want to live like a Christian. I want my Christianity to be real. You say, well, how does that happen? It happens not because of you or me, but it happens because of who's living inside of you. When you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you and you yield to the Spirit and you crucify the flesh, that's how you can do what verse 14 says. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.